Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I thought about reading my text this morning, but I thought I would have a special guest read it instead and present it to you instead. We'll go ahead and invite them to speak. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Charlie Brown and Linus, for leading us today. I want to unwrap this simple thought today that's found in the passage that Linus quoted. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And I want to speak this morning on the subject, great joy, great joy. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a fleeting state of mind. Joy is an abiding state of being. Happiness is like a boat tossed in an ocean, while joy is like the lighthouse on a rock. A psychologist, Sandra Brown, says of happiness, happiness is external. It's based on situations, events, people, places, things, and thoughts. Happiness is connected to your hope for maybe a relationship or your hope for a future. Happiness is linked to that someday when I meet the right person or when they start changing and acting right or when they go to counseling or they do this, then I'll find happiness. It's external. Happiness is future-oriented and it puts all of its eggs in someone else's basket. It is dependent on outside situations, people, or events to align with your expectations so that the end result is your happiness. Joy, on the other hand, is internal. It doesn't react. It guides. Happiness is an emotion that you feel. Joy is a choice you make. Nothing highlights 
the difference between joy and happiness like Christmas. Christmas time is filled with great highs and great lows. The expectations for Christmas are so high. The opportunity for happiness and disappointment abounds everywhere. Gift-giving, this is a tricky endeavor. A gift is supposed to just be that, a gift. A gift is not deserved, except at Christmas. Gift-giving is, is tricky, and it brings about great happiness. And as the children and young people in here can attest, and maybe some adults, it can bring about great disappointment. <laughs> Anybody ever been slightly disappointed by a gift you received? <laughs> Anybody have that one relative that never gets it right? Are they sitting next to you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's tricky. As impacting as gift giving is, nothing is more emotionally charged than the people you are going to spend time with or the people you think you're going to spend time with at Christmas. This has so much emotional context to it. There is great happiness in the people that you're going to see this Christmas. And there is great stress in the people you're going to see or have to see this Christmas. See, our, all this gift-giving and relational expressions and holiday cheer create an environment that is filled with wondrous elation and is wrought with profound distress. Our Christmas culture can certainly bring us happiness, but I, certain, I submit that it rarely brings us joy. Christmas presents are opened and taken back and exchanged for something they like better. I'll say amen. Toys are played with momentarily and then quickly discarded for something that was not even bought. And again, I'll say amen. But the world today is in need of not just happiness or happiness. The world is really in need of joy. And Christmas was meant to not just bring happiness. Christmas was meant to bring joy. But how often does Christmas actually bring us fear? The first Christmas certainly did. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Now we have to consider these shepherds to really appreciate what's going on in this story. Shepherds were the lowest rung in the Jewish 
culture. Shepherds took care of dirty, smelly sheep, and so the shepherds, in return, were dirty, smelly people. And there was no deodorant, probably back in that day, to take away the stench. So if you're going to have a party, guess who's not really going to get invited? It's the, the shepherds. Shepherds were the outcasts. They were pushed off to the side and uh, hidden, so to speak, in the culture. Shepherds were really hidden behind uh, 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 all the festivals. They were uh, very important, but they were a hidden aspect to the culture. And isn't it interesting that God chose to make his announcement of the Savior's birth, not to the political leaders in Rome, not to the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, but to these smelly, dirty shepherds. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because that's usually the first reaction we have. They were afraid of the light. The light shone. That shook them. I think they were afraid of the moment. What the moment meant and their unworthiness in the moment. I think... They were afraid probably of the change that would come, maybe even the angel. But out of this darkness comes a bright light. Out of this darkness comes this voice, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The angel said, don't be afraid because I've got a message that will change your life. And he, the, the angel said that I'm going to bring you good tidings or good news, something good to say, something good to share. This word, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, is the word that we use for the gospel. They were bringing, this angel was literally bringing the gospel message to these Shepherds, Would you agree with me today that the world needs some good news? The world needs some, some, some good news. I, I don't care what channel or what news organization you choose to listen to. You, you can't listen to or watch any of them and find really much good news. It's all pretty much negative because we tend to be attracted to that. But this world is in need of a bright light. And this world is in need of some good news. The gospel is as needed today as it's ever been. Not only does he bring just good news, but he says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Everyone say great joy. The angel brings good tidings of great joy. It's not just good news. It's good news of great joy. Not just good news that brings great joy. That would be happiness. That would be emotion as a result of what I hear. But I would like to submit this morning that joy was not the response of the news only, but I believe joy was the news. Good tidings of great joy. The angel had come 
to tell the shepherds about joy, about great joy. And he said in the next verse, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Good tidings of great joy, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Great joy, I would submit, is a holy joy. Not an unholy joy. Not a cheap, fixed joy. Not a fleeting joy. Not a, as Spurgeon called it, a borrowed joy. We try to borrow a good feeling. We try to borrow a happy experience. The writer of Hebrews said it. He said we would enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Sin would have a momentarily, momentary moment of happiness where, where, where we would feel the feeling of happiness, but it would soon go away. But great joy is a holy joy. It's a divine joy. It's a separated joy. It's a pure joy. It's a holy joy. And great joy, I would submit, is a full joy. It's as if your cup is full and running over. It's not a partial joy when you have great joy. It's not just a part of your life that's happy. It's all of your life has this sense of joy to it. Psalm chapter 16, verse 8. The writer said, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol or hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life in your presence. Everyone say, in your presence. In God's presence is fullness of joy. It's a sense of being full and overflowing. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is shallow. Happiness is empty. But the joy of the Lord is full. In his presence is fullness of joy. Great joy is full joy. It's a joy that satisfies to the uttermost. It's a joy that has Fulfillment, no matter what you're going through. Yeah, you'll go through some sad times. Yeah, you'll walk through hell. But there is a fullness of joy in your presence. Because joy is not a fleeting feeling. It's a state of being. And great joy is a remaining joy. Jesus said it like this, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. He is talking about abiding in us and we in him. So when we find joy, we find him. And when we have joy, we have him and vice versa. That when we find God, we're going to find fullness of joy. And it's meant to be a remaining joy, a joy that abides, a joy that doesn't walk away, a joy that sustains you through the dark times and the troubled times. It's a remaining joy. 
And it's not our joy. It's his joy. And great joy is found simply in salvation. There is only one way to find joy. There's only one way to find great joy. And that is through Christ. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3, Therefore with joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. You want to know how you're going to find joy? It's through the salvation. It's through Christ Jesus, through your obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Psalm chapter 51, verse 12, restore to me, David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, Peter said, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then he says, whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible or joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There's only one way that joy enters our life, and it's through salvation. It's through the work of Jesus Christ. And I, I've come to just remind us, I know we're all in the holiday spirit and we're all ready for these great festivities. But I want to remind some of you today, joy is not a byproduct of your circumstance. The joy that the Bible talks about, the joy that we sing about at Christmas time is not a byproduct of how much money's in your account. Joy is not a byproduct of your relationship statuses. It's not a byproduct of everything kind of working out okay. Joy is a byproduct of salvation. It's a byproduct when we realize what Christ has done for us. There is joy in our heart. It's a state of being. That's why Paul would say to the Philippian church, as we've talked about over this last few months, a church that was persecuted, a church that was under pressure. He didn't care about that. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what circumstance you have. You can still rejoice. You can still have joy. Why? Because I know where my salvation is. It's in Christ alone. Yes. He says, rejoice. Say rejoice. It means to rejoy, to do it again. Joy again. Remember again. Rejoy. Rejoice. Think about it again. Think about salvation again. Think about the glad tidings again. Think about the gospel and what it's done for your life again. You can have joy. No matter what you're walking through, you can find joy. Oh, hallelujah. 
You see, happiness, hear me today, happiness does not produce joy. Joy, though, produces happiness. That's why we're a happy people. Not because uh, we've done anything good, not because uh, we're good looking, not because we have a bunch of money in the bank account. Uh, We're a happy people because we found joy in our salvation. We found joy in Jesus Christ, and joy produces uh, happiness. The old song said, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I might get happy when somebody does something nice for me, but the only time I get joy is when I think about uh, what he's done for me. What has he done for you? If you haven't been healed in your body, you know what? You can still have joy. If you're going through some fiery trials, uh, you can still have joy. Why? Because we found salvation. We found mercy that we didn't deserve. Uh, We were on our way destined to a devil's hell, but he said, no, I'm going to stop it. Uh, I'm going to stand in the gap, uh, and I'm going to come to earth. Uh, And the angels proclaimed it. Uh, He did it, and now we have joy because of what he's done. For us. See, our American culture is born out of a pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is the cultural foundation of this country. But the church isn't called to just pursue happiness. We're called to rejoice. You don't have to have life or liberty to rejoice. You don't have to have life or liberty to rejoice. You can be in a pit and rejoice in the Lord. That's why Paul and Silas could be chained to a prison cell and yet sing praises to God. Why? Because their circumstance didn't determine their state of being. It was the joy of their salvation that they were able to sing praises to God. Oh, hallelujah. And today, we have some songs like Paul and Silas. There's an old song that said, This smile on my face wasn't always. There were there the struggles used to get me down. Hassles and problems from every direction used to make me wear a frown. In the midst of the storms, I found a deep contentment to help me face this night and day. You see, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. This step, it says, the step in my life, in my feet, that you see wasn't always lovely and bright. But when Jesus picked me up and started melodies ringing that always come happy and bright, all I have to do is to keep on looking at him, follow, trust, and obey because the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Shirley Caesar said it like this, the joy that I have, this world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. 
the love that I have. This world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. She said the Holy Ghost was given to me. The world didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Tell somebody next to you, say, the world didn't give it to me. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. I didn't buy it at Walmart. I didn't buy it at Target. I didn't get it from my family, as good as my family might be. I got it from the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ, who was born to take away the sins of the world. I've got great joy today. I've got great joy today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to remember the joy of his salvation today. We've got great joy today. Oh, hallelujah. As I come to a close, I realize finally salvation is not just important to me. Salvation is important to God. He wants to know us. He is the one that wants to be near us. He wants to love us. First John would say, we love him because he first loved us. Can I tell you, we are God's joy. That's a little tough. Now some of you are brave, like, no, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. I know who I am. He wanted to have a relationship with you. He was so crazy about you. He was so crazy about us that he would come to this earth in our form to pay the price for our sin so that we could be with him. We are his joy. Hebrews said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy? It's you and I. Who for the joy that was set before him. What he wanted was a relationship with us who for the joy that was set before him, that's why he endured the cross, despising the shame. Because God wants a relationship with you. Think about the most famous person or person in all of history that you most admire and would love to meet. Who is it? No, don't tell me. I, I don't want to know. But God feels that way about you. That's why he did all he did was so that he could buy back, pay the price to be in a relationship with you. The whole Bible is summed up in this idea that he wants to be in relationship to us. He's prepared a place for us.
You don't prepare a place for a bunch of people you don't want to come. Right? Maybe I'm wrong. He's preparing things for us. Why? Because we are his great joy. We aren't creating joy. Joy isn't something only we possess. It comes from God. It is his joy. It is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace. It comes from God because God had it first. You see, Nehemiah, he, he said this, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think we could say of that verse, yes, it's a joy that we possess, but I also think it's the joy that God possesses, the joy of the Lord, God's joy is our strength. His love of us is our strength. We love him only because he first loved us. Would you stand with me this morning? I like how this verse ends in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. All people. This Good tidings of great joy is going to be for all people, whosoever wills, every people, every language, every ethnicity, every culture, anyone and everyone has the opportunity to experience his great joy. And today... we come to this end of this service and we look towards God in this moment question is do you have joy do you really have this sense of joy doesn't mean you don't cry when you lose somebody doesn't mean your body doesn't hurt and you don't face disappointment and discouragement. But there's this bedrock in your life that at the end of the day, my hope, fulfillment of my life is found in the great joy of Jesus Christ. He is my contentment. He is my peace. He is my joy. Those angels proclaimed good tidings of great joy. It was this gospel message. While Jesus was born, 
we know as Christians, we know that he was born to die. But he died, he was buried, and he rose again. He resurrected from this earth and he ascended into heaven. And now what we find in him is a life-giving spirit comes into our life as the Bible calls Jesus a life-giving spirit. Calls it the spirit of Christ when you and I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the Bible talks about in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. In Acts chapter 2 you can read where they spoke in another language that they didn't understand. The Bible talks about that throughout the book of Acts. People speaking in tongues. That was the fulfillment. That was the fulfillment of the gospel that we would receive his spirit. We would receive his spirit and we would find that great joy. And so we come today and if you have never repented of your sins, you've never asked God to forgive you and you've never turned towards Jesus Christ as your savior, Today's a great opportunity for you to look towards him. In spite of what life looks like, in spite of the fleeting happiness that comes and goes, you can find a bedrock of joy by serving Jesus Christ. If you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible declares for the forgiveness of your sins, you can be baptized today. And he promises us that we can have his spirit living inside of us. It really is joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. How many have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues? Raise your hand. Is it joy unspeakable? And so this morning, while many of you have had that experience, today, I wonder, and I'm going to invite everybody to come. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed about coming forward. For our guests, we invite people to come at the end of the service to respond to the message or to talk to God. But I wonder today if somebody would just be reminded of the joy that you have in Christ. The thing that God has done in your life. What has he done for you that you could say, you know what? This is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Before you come, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God's presence would touch you in a powerful way. That you would be willing to just rejoice in the Lord today. God, I pray right now for everyone under the sound of my voice. God, I know that in a room this size that there are some difficult situations that are represented in this room. There are some things that, God, are, are very difficult to manage in life. Diagnoses and struggles and relationship issues and financial problems and all these things are represented in this room. God, and we find ourselves in days 
where we struggle, we find ourselves unhappy. We find ourselves searching for something that makes us feel better. But Lord, you remind us today that it is through salvation, it is through you that we find real joy and we find real contentment. And I'm praying somebody would surrender their life to you completely today. That while they have problems and they have issues, Lord, that they're going to trust you. They're going to put their confidence in you that you're able to help them. You're able to bring them strength. You're able to bring them wisdom. You're able to help them overcome situations. God, you desire not just to be a distant God who we are just searching for out there, but you are near to us. You desire a relationship with us. We are your joy. You are reaching for us before we were ever reaching for you. And so today, as we extend our hands and we extend our hearts to you, we're not reaching alone, but Lord, you've been reaching down for us for a long time. You've been reaching for us, Lord. You've been calling our name. You've been trying to get us to come back to you for a long time. And today, I'm praying your love would be realized in this room today. I pray glad tidings of great joy would be in this room today. You are speaking to our darkness today. You are speaking to our difficulty today. And you are shining a great light. A light we don't deserve, but a light you want to give us, Lord. I'm praying. I'm praying, oh God, that we would find you today. I wonder if you would step out of your pew this morning. Crowd this altar. Just come to this altar. Step out into the aisle just as a sign to say, God, God, I need you in my life. I need you in my life today. I need your joy. I've chased happiness for a long time. I've chased happiness for a long time, but I need the joy of your presence. I need the joy of your salvation. Come to the front. I want the young people to step forward so other people can come. Step forward. Oh, God, we need you in this place today. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.